This episode is brought to you by The Harrier. The Harrier creates streetwear apparel that goes beyond the typical running apparel on the market. They incorporate pop culture, fashion, history and running and have recently added a Your Move Centro shirt to the store. If you've ever wanted to capture moments of history within the sport, then the Harrier's products are a great way to do that. They have iconic designs such as Drip Chogi, King Pri, and a Bet on Women t-shirt. Check them out at theharrier.com, which is the link in our description. We're pleased to announce the Harrier have been generous enough to give us their own discount code. So if you use Traxa20 at checkout, you get 20% off your order. That's Traxa20, T-R-A-C-K-S-T-A-A-2-0. Thank you, Harrier, and back to the podcast. And that was my first ad read ever, and I'm apologising to Harrier and anyone else who's listening if that was absolutely terrible for some reason. I'm really bad at reading off my phone. I did get to say what I wanted about it, and to be honest, just off the top of my head, so I'm not worried about like if this like has stutters or anything. The Harrier's an amazing site, and the things they do, and it's just a great way of driving the sport forward. Like If anybody ever wants a t-shirt of any moments in history, in running history, that is, they've pretty much got a t-shirt for it. And even if you want some serial of Centrowitz's face on, uh, I think that's called Centros or something along those lines, then they sell that too. So they sell everything that you could ever think of. Um, so yeah, definitely go and check them out and you will be you will be extremely impressed with what they have to offer. And with the discount code, what, what can go wrong? So yeah, thank you, Harrier, again. And this time it will be back onto the podcast. Obviously, today we're joined by Everett Smolders or CEO or Westfly, however you want to, whatever you want to call him. And I just want to reference now this podcast will be a bit different to ones that we've done in the past because like I already know that this is going to get a lot of views from the let's run let's run warriors so I just want to say the like, nerds and virgins exactly the let's run is just full of them so I just want to say now if you don't know who Everett Smolders is obviously uh, would you would you say polarizing would you would you describe yourself as polarizing or what, what would you say yeah i'd say it just comes with the territory with all my lovers there's lots of haters so basically what alfie's trying to say is if you're a beta get off the pod right now because we're bringing the heat today that is yeah that is essentially what i'm trying to say so yeah this podcast is going to be different obviously a lot of people see you online calling on people out people calling you out everything like that but obviously other than that i think and i don't want to say this card i don't know you very well but like you're quite a smart guy business marketing wise as well so i want to talk on that not to mention you're you're a pretty fast runner as well so we've got to talk about all those things as well as the uh shit talking yeah i'm a genius and everyone knows i'm a genius so you just have a good eye for it alfie so i'm really thirsty um so just introduce yourself you know you know all right let me let me pause you right there i'm thirsty too and there's nothing that quenches my thirst more than some ice cold beta tears that was actually one of the questions I had. So I've, I've actually, I'll probably ask this now, just so it's contextual. I saw that on your story yesterday, um, the beta tears. Off the top of your head, can you think of any other forms of food or drink what you can relate to either being a beta or a simp or whatever? Because I feel like you're quite good with these uh, little digs at people. So, Oh, beta tears. I mean, beta blood. I love drinking beta blood. It really just, it honestly is, gets me going there's no other way to put it but no nah, i mean i'm not gonna think of something that is beta um you know if you're not putting that work in and you're being a beta and you're just drinking beers all the time getting the gut i guess that'd be pretty beta but specifically for liquids and foods i uh i just stick with my ice cold beta tears that's fair everyone needs to drink a lot of beta tears or if you can't then standard water should suffice yeah. as well right so Introduce yourself, 
in whatever way you want, just in case anyone who's listened to this who somehow doesn't know who you are, which I think is pretty impossible at this point. But just, yeah, it, the floor is yours to say whatever you want, introduce yourself, etc. My name is Everett Smolders, also known as the Westfly CEO. Uh, I run all operations over here at Westfly Athletics, pro team, Instagram page, YouTube page. Uh, we're the hottest thing on the scene right now in track and field and running. Uh, you know, a rising tide raises all ships and Westfly is here to take track and field to the moon and they're going to lead the charge. Um, I'm a 358 miler at the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, uh, home of Craig Angles and Ryan Van Hoy. And that's a little bit about myself. I'm basically just the biggest alpha male in all of track and field. And also recently running, what, you're now almost now the second fastest team in DMR history. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and also silver at the Nationals. So that's that's obviously, I, I was speaking to Ben about this. He, he said, like, if it wasn't for what the Oregon guys did this year, Ole Miss would have been, like, the talk of the town, like, over and over again. That's, um, that is true. Um, we would have been the cat's meow. But also... You know, Oregon wouldn't, wouldn't have done what they did this year without a second-place team pushing at their necks the whole time. So, yeah, we got second place, but it was probably the most legendary DMR race in the history of the world. Um, you know, half a second off the world record, number four all-time. I Pretty much every school got their school record. So, well, I was happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and also you were in the DMR record the first time around as well. And then... Cole actually came back second in that 1200 leg, didn't he? To uh, was it was Mario came back first? Was that right? Um, or did someone else from a different someone else? Joe, when they broke their DMR record in Arkansas the first time round, yeah, you came second as well in that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, you, and next was year, it- next year, world record's going down 100%. I'll probably run 248, 249. Our 400 guy will get to a 45. John Rivera, 145, and then Mario, shit, he might run 349. Who knows? No, but it's actually going to be pretty crazy, especially like – actually, no, I was going to say maybe like one of the distance teams could challenge it as well, but I feel like you and Oregon, like to win, you're going to have to run the world record, definitely. And like that's going to be a standard. Oregon's probably – like I imagine Cooper and Cole and Charlie Hunter will all go pro, so they'll have a new team. Yeah, I, I guess what's the point in them sort of waiting around now when literally – they're the best miles in the world at the minute. So, yeah. so yeah, I think I think next year you're definitely going to take a lot of national titles home to Ole Miss. It, it's, it Cole seems Hawker, logical. Cole Hawker is uh, probably USA's best chance at a world medal. He's, I, he's that good. Well, to be honest, like, you see, you've got Jakob and you've got Chariot, but that third spot, in the, even in the Olympics, is anyone's, anyone's game. Yeah. And Cole's probably in, like, 330 shape at the minute according to like and after, and after we go to salazar training camp i wore my uh shirt just for it you know cole hawker will level up you know that, many many levels is that roberto salazar training camp? i was gonna ask you about that do you own that account be honest i do not that, i do not own that i wish i owned that account you see how clean those graphics are they i actually i actually commented on i've, I've downloaded adobe just just so i could try and get those graphics in because they were clean Same here and uh I don't own Tin Can Elite either, but I support both of them and think both of them are hilarious. Honestly, some of the memes they bring out are phenomenal. Definitely high-quality content. Yep. I'm, I'm not sold that you don't own Tin Can, tin can Elite, I can't lie. But anyway, I said you are 
somewhat business savvy. So I wanted to ask you a few questions before we get into the trash talking and the running questions. The business questions is something we don't normally speak about, but I got, I got, before we get started on the business side of running, I just have an announcement to make. Rest in peace to the GOAT, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Here we have a trading card auto by him, and here we have a Bloodlines card of him with a bear. Two very rare cards. I was telling y'all in the podcast with Ben Crawford and friends to get trading cards, and these Khabibs officially retired today. I'll probably up about 800% in stock, so get some trading cards and listen to me when I talk about business. Is that signed by Khabib as well? Is that, is that what it was? That, that, that was... See, that's the thing. Do you know, like, I think about this a lot with like anything like with Prefontaine on it or like signed by Pre. You could sell that for so much, but it's choosing whether you'd want to sell it or keep it because it, it's so rare and means so much. That's it's the tricky thing. One. I like, I, I'm actually a big Khabib fan. I don't want to get rid of this. I think it's just cool that it's valuable now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely is the best of all time, UFC wise. Maybe not the greatest because of John, John Jones. It's an argument there, but he's undoubtedly the best of all time. Like, so dominant. He's just an amazing fighter. So sad to say that he won't come back, though, because I kind of wanted to see the Conor rematch. Because he'd win, but it would be great seeing a Conor McGregor-Khabib rematch just because of it's just iconic. But, yeah, on, on to the business. Like you just said, you are smart when it comes to making business moves. What ventures are you, like, currently doing in terms of or planning to do making money? In regards to Westfly or my personal finances? Let's say both, because I know in, in regards to Westfly, you are somewhat trapped or very much trapped in terms of what you can do, which you can obviously well, talk about as well. That's a tragedy because I can't have a cash flow in this business. Like I have all this merch and all these hats, but it would be a, it, like I, I'm building the brand up and giving some of it away. But because I can't sell it right now, like I can't make money selling it and therefore grow production. So on that front, uh, basically... What I'm doing right now is I'm keeping the merch extremely limited, growing the brand as much as I can, making Westfly Athletics. Like, if you have Westfly Athletics gear, you got a golden lottery ticket. Like, it's going to be like Supreme, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. You know, think about the Yeezys. They're piece of shit shoes, but they're so rare and like, they just get so much hype around them. So, basically, Westfly Athletics merch is the next Yeezy merch in this game. Um, so that kind of stinks. I can't monetize my YouTube videos. If I was able to, I would probably put more effort into them and make a lot more content. But I still want to be there because I'll be able to monetize it eventually. So I'm trying to grow that platform. Uh, I'm growing my Instagram platform all the time. Uh, just giving the people updates on the team and uh, yeah, updates on the team, trash talk, sharing the CEO's thoughts and you know, it's just sort of like a story for these people to follow. And then, like, once the day comes where I can make money, we're going to absolutely, like, break the scene. This is going to be my full-time job out of college. Yeah. Like, I don't, want to, I don't want to go have a normal job. I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur. I'm not going to be working for a boss. I'm going to be the CEO of Westfly Athletics. And whether that means I'm making YouTube videos or, and selling merch or, you know, doing real estate, there's ways that you can, you know, get cash flows and be independent by yourself. So one of the things that I'm going to do directly after college is I'm going to buy some real estate out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And real estate is, is not a liability. It, it makes you money. So I've got some money. I can put a down payment on a house and then 
you know, rent the rooms out and basically live there rent free. And then after, you know, four to eight years, whenever the house is paid off, you just have that asset to your name all the time. So you're getting 2000 bucks a month or whatever the rent is 2000 bucks a month. So there's, and I'm, you know, I'm invested in the stocks. I, I do long-term investing. I don't do much speculation and, you know, I'm just trying to get the bag as many ways as I possibly can. Real estate, YouTube. I think the social media platforms is such a powerful tool in these days. I honestly think like it's a huge asset to have a lot yeah. of followers is like, it kind of sounds pathetic when you are thinking about like today's generation and how everyone's in on their phone, but it's the truth. And it's the new age of advertising and marketing. And I'm just getting with the program and it's always evolving. You know, TikTok came out this year. So I'm just keeping my eyes open at opportunities and trying to, you know, stay with the times like clubhouse. I don't know if you've been on clubhouse, but you know, people are saying that's the future. I can't really, I haven't really gotten into it myself yet. Um, but if I, if I start seeing an opportunity there, I'll take it in a minute. So just always looking for opportunities and, you know, keeping my, uh, keeping my wits about how I'm going to make money once the NCAA lets West fly out of prison. Well, I, I mean, you, you talked on there, like running, people have this misconception and it is true to an extent that there's no money in running in terms of what you can make, but like, you can make a lot of money from having that social media presence and having like YouTube monetization. I, I'm not going to lie about numbers. Like we don't get paid that much in terms of what other people do because our CPMs are a bit dodgy at the minute, but like we made like four figures last month from YouTube monetization and it was a good month, but that's a decent amount of money. People, there's professional athletes who are getting paid less than that in the running like game. And if they had a YouTube channel, they'd get like Morgan McDonald will be making few thousand a month i'm pretty sure in i can, terms of I can look at i can look at like the number of views per month and the length of videos and where they're putting the ads and get a pretty good estimate of how much money they're making exactly yeah but, like i'm saying when you have a platform like youtube and you're getting an, let's say you don't have that big of a youtube page but you're getting thousand dollars from youtube three hundred dollars from instagram partnerships you know you're selling three hundred dollars worth of merch whatever it is there's sixteen hundred bucks just the, because you have people tuned in Merch is where it really takes off. Like I'm not, I'm not going to. It's not my place to speak on the exact numbers, but and obviously it wasn't on net profit. But Ben selling that merch in the magazines, he makes a nice about money, and he's investing it all back in so he can carry on progressing. But the fact that he has that freedom to make that money means he can invest ten times more time, ten times more effort than what you can because you're not making any money. Because at the end of the day, if you're not making any money, there's only so much time you can invest, and that's something what I'm big on is like real estate as well, like getting this money from trackster to invest in things that will become passive income so then i can put more time and effort into the things what i enjoy doing whilst i've still got the money coming in on the side because like, i'm the same i'm i'm never gonna i'm never working for someone in an office job or something like that because what's the point maybe doing that nine to five it'll suck the soul out of you it is i i do a placement and i, I love the people there and i'm being quite lucky obviously because of covid it's been work from home so it's a bit nicer but like if i was in the office five days a week for the rest of my life it's I for me personally I wouldn't and other people are different I wouldn't be able to do it I, I literally wouldn't be able to do it so it's a lot more rewarding doing things what actually inspire you and also inspire others which is producing content is a massive thing on that so what sort of business inspirations do you have like is there any particular people you look up to 
any education you read and then also off that like what tips would you give to like these people coming up like the next generation of people like these social yeah. media people as well yeah I, I, i'll be honest i don't uh i haven't read a book probably in like eight years so, i don't really agree i read the david goggins book um most of the reading i do is for like inspirational stuff with athletics uh, but from a business standpoint, I'm I'm always on YouTube, Twitter, trying to stay updated, Yahoo Finance, seeing what's going on in the market, watching CNBC money, seeing where the money's going, like oil prices going up, technology getting destroyed. I just want to be up to date with that. So if I see an opportunity and I want to put some money in it, I'll take it. Yep. I'm just always trying to learn new things, new ways to make money. Um, I do a lot of... Uh, learning about speaking and public speaking and how like to tell stories and captivate people's attention and a guy i use for that is his name's jason capital yeah um, he's a little bit of a meme but he he does have some valuable information uh and then just people i learn the most from um like from a like emotional life standpoint probably jordan peterson i read his book actually and i watch a lot of uh um clips of him on youtube and his podcast uh i like to listen to the joe rogan podcast just to you know it, it's like you can learn a, a lot about other hobbies and different cool stuff and you know a lot of it's about working out and not being a beta uh you know david goggins there's that's that's the that's the um that's the people i listen to and learn yeah. from but i don't i don't i'm not in uh like my classes in school, my business classes, like I honestly don't really learn anything from those. I'm, I do a business management degree and I'm exactly the same. I've never learned a single business thing in, in class. It's literally just like memorizing a textbook, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of sad that that's the case. But I guess as well to, to make, if you're doing a business management course or an entrepreneur course, course, like you'll be working for yourself or like that's your mindset. So hopefully you also have the ability to go out and actually do that because you're not going to learn anything from a degree unless you want to learn about accounting and basically doing the things you'd employ someone to do which that's what the education system does it teaches you to work for someone which is not ideal but a lot of people don't know obviously again they see you as this figure who's like just talking trash online but like you helped me like you messaged me about a video i did and like showed me the videos to watch on terms of that public speaking which obviously translates directly onto youtube and even i'm not perfect i even though I'm not perfect at it, it's definitely helped me learn what I need to do and actually work on what I'm doing. So that's like, I think that is a key thing is actually doing that because it's, it actually makes such a difference in the video. Like you see Total Running Productions do it. Their, their, their quality of content is so much higher than, yeah, I, than mine was because they were actually putting emotion behind it. Yeah, it's well, it's crazy because that guy, I feel like has such a monotone voice, but I feel like it's very fitting for like what, his, because his videos are like such a breakdown of like, what's going on like kind of like the scientific side of it but dude there's like there's so many little subtle things that people aren't thinking about like i put this sticker right here for this podcast the west Five february flames drop it's a very limited uh supply you got to enter the giveaways on instagram and youtube to get one of these um just a quick little ad there but uh exactly what i'm talking about there's so many little things that people aren't taking into account that are you know really important for marketing for a company and brand and you know keeping people engaged in your videos and like because people don't want to i feel like people don't want to hear the classic post-race interview 
Yeah, it was really fun. I'm really proud of everyone. Like people want to hear excitement and energy out of your voice. And I just, yeah. Well, that, that's why I've taken time off off YouTube because I can't produce the content. What's going to keep people engaged? I, like, I'm not capable of doing it. So like, well, I'm you, not you gonna... can, you have a, you have a good, like you have a huge following, but I like what I like, I wasn't like checking you by any means. I just saw that. I was like, yo, these, like these videos would be leveled up if you were like getting these people so interested in the story you're telling. Exactly. It's like the little things as well. Like adding better music or adding music or fits or adding music on a certain drop of just editing the video slightly different literally makes such a difference. And I think that's a big thing. Even when you're filming content, like for me, Joe, you know when you're filming a session, adding that tiny shoelaces part where you say a few words makes the, such a difference to the video. It's ridiculous uh -huh. um, rather than just and running like, content. Yeah. yeah. So another, another business thing about, you know, creating content is we're really going the extra mile and like getting all the best possible shots we can. We've got, uh, you know, the best YouTube, uh, YouTube camera you can get. We've bought a gimbal or, you know, working on a drone. I got a, the stocks have been not too well lately, so I don't want to pull out, you know, at a dip. I got to just ride it out till it's back up. But we're getting a drone and uh, we're getting someone full time who's going to be behind the camera this summer. You know, like Ben and friends were in uh, Boulder this summer and it really like skyrocketed his channel. Yeah, we're going to Flagstaff, Arizona this summer and there's going to be a lot of people there. And we're just going to be making literally a video a day for 60 days. And it's going to be a grind and like YouTube is like, Honestly, I think YouTube, like hustling for YouTube, although you and I don't hustle as much as we could, is like arguably more stressful and harder than training for track. Easily. The, the, my least favorite thing to do, and it's not directly YouTube, but it's this is why we don't upload as many podcasts anymore. The hustle to upload content and get content was actually worth uploading. It's, it's when you go through a day of filming something and then watch it back and realize that's not good enough to be on YouTube. Yeah. That's when you're like, what what do I do now? It's 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 soul crushing when you've got a video, and then you you watch it and it's just not good enough because you don't know whether to pull it out, you don't know whether to scrap it. And it it's mm -hmm. actually a big struggle. And yeah, I mean, I've like, had to scrap a lot of videos. You, and even like, did you did you do one for the? Have you done one for the NCAA's? Like the whole like day or like the, the well, like the thing about vlogging on trips is like I don't I don't want to be focused on that at all and like trying exactly. to get content. So like. I just bring my camera and if I have something to say, I'll say it. But it's like, I also don't want to like be the kid at the meet who's walking around with the camera vlogging. So I pretty much just keep it in the hotel room. And uh, like, if I have something to say, I'll just say it. But for the NCAA's vlog, what we're going to do is we're going to like do that thing where I'm watching my own race and I'm like analyzing it myself. Yeah, be careful though, because uh, Warner Brothers own the rights to that and they'll copyright it. Maybe, because that's what happened to us. So just be careful with that. From which, uh, which so, races? Well, I, I use, so they, they copied like, I think it was like 20 seconds of my video from just the mile race. But like, I don't know why they did it because like all the rest of the video was also from the NCAAs, NCAAs, but they just got 20 seconds of it. And obviously from that, you can get striked, you can get whatever. But like, I can't remember exactly what I was going to say, but I, it should be fair use because fair use, you can use it for reviews and stuff like that. So, but big companies will just copyright it without even checking. And then you have to go to them and say, challenge it. And that's the only way you can get it. So it's annoying, but like, so that might happen. But luckily for me, Warner Brothers seem to do it straight away. So you should be able to see if they've copyrighted it before you upload it. So then you can dispute it. So that's, that should be fine. Just, uh, just pre-warning on that. But it should be. That's a whole another. 
that's a whole other headache to deal with in the business world is like I, I want to do things. Hey, I see you. Is that the coffee? Oh, you're good. That was Kosha. He dropped the camera. Uh, where was I, what was I saying? Uh, something about copyright or like the. Oh, dude, yeah. There's so many like logistical things and legal things we have to go through. Like, I I feel like I might feel it especially with the NCAA, but man, it's a, it's it's not easy running a business. You got to get trademarks, LLCs. You got to pay taxes. You got to have a website. You have to have a shipping menu. Like you have to have a shipping guy. Terms um, conditions, returns, policies. And like everything. me being the CEO is I want to get a team and I want to put people in charge of these things and just lead the team into growing the brand, growing the brand as big as possible. And yeah, just be like the, the brains behind everyone working. And like, I want to employ these guys and pay them. And if the brand does better then they get more money and, Man, it's so exciting to think about because there's just so many opportunities. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest uh, like obstacles to um, like overcome is finding people who will buy into the business the same amount you will. Like I've only found like, of course, everyone wants to you know come work for Westfly and they'll make little pieces of art and whatnot all the time. But like the only person who has been um, like as invested in the company with their time and energy as me is the guy I do my YouTube with. And he's in the videos, Michael Kosha. I don't know if you've seen him. So, mm. so I like, you know, brand takes off in two years or whenever we can make money. Like he's been here since day one, he gets a stake in the company because it's like, you know, a big part of its success is due to him. That's the same with me. The other person I've spoke to other than you now, actually, who was shares the same work ethic is Ben Crawford. And that's the only person I've spoke to. And he was smart going from Ben Crawford to new generation track and field because it, it makes it a company. Like obviously some people, I can imagine a lot of people who watch his content. Oh, why have you changed it? Why have you done that? But like he needed to do it to grow. Like that was the only way. And so also like, to get, get more about, people involved. Let's think about Everett Silva and the athlete special. They don't like, well, athlete specialist tasks. So I won't say him, but like Everett Silva, you know, he, he can't really, uh, like capitalize on his following as well as like Westfly could, because what's he going to do? Sell a shirt that says Everett Silva. Yeah. It's like, individual. it's not really, it's his, it's his brand, but like, it can't be like Everett Silva track team, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think Nugent, a lot of people were pushing back on it in the beginning, but, um, like now I think it was, the great move and he can sell new gen shirts no one buy ben crawford shirts i really like those shirts as well yeah exactly how many like you get one no i have because there's a shipping as, as well yeah. he's a nightmare the, so, uh, the shirt is is fantastic quality shirt i'm pretty sure he got it manufactured really cheap in china see so it's also sure. like finding yeah. those, it's also finding those connections is like a huge uh you know part of the distribution whether you're selling magazines or hats or shirts like being able to go online and find good quality distributors. Cause like my, my merch right now, I just buy Nike stuff and get a heat press and print a logo on it. So that's how I'm doing merch right now. But like, I need to figure out how to screen print them and get it, you know, more quality pressed on and get designs on it. And so 
Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be a whole other task to deal with. In an ideal world, you could get it. There's a factory like because people think as soon as they say like factories in China, they think oh it's gonna be awful quality. Like there's there's many really good factories in China, oh, all in Asia, and like if you oh, can get like to, iPhones, those are all manufactured. Exactly. In China. If you can get to a point where it's printed in China and distributed from China, so you don't have to touch it, you only get the sample, so you can obviously do quality assurance. That's a win. That's like an ideal scenario, isn't it? Where you can like literally, I've got this order. Can you ship it? And I think Ben yeah. needs to get to that point because it cuts out the middle, shipping. man. It cuts out the middle, man. Yeah, true. I was thinking the way I would do it was I like I have these hats. Is I would get all of them, but then I would have to wait wait three weeks for them to be made and shipped to my house, and then wait another two to like ship them out to people. So spend. Yeah, four, I, I haven't even thought about taxes. that. Like the amount of import taxes, shipping, like I'm sure you know how much it ships, costs to ship to the UK. It's ridiculous. And then also they have to sometimes pay taxes. And before we get onto the trash talking as well, this is just a, a bit of knowledge for every, like everyone. Like muscle guns, for example, have like taken the world by storm. Do you like the recovery guns? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, hypercult. If you go on AliExpress, which is somewhere you can just buy from China, it's the exact same model. They all have that like carbon fiber look on them. The, the all the same muscle gun with just branding on it because people jumped on a wave all they're doing is drop shipping it from the same factory like and sometimes they get in the factory to put their logo on for an extra couple of dollars but they're paying like twenty dollars and upselling it for like seventy dollars just being the middleman and just yeah. being like and it's like you can do that with so many different things but you can do it with clubs as well where you just drop ship them and just get them straight there which is drop shipping yeah drop shipping is such a like i've looked into that before because it's like one of the like, it's like flipping like you know watch gary v he flips stuff from yeah. garage sales. it's such a, a interesting uh business avenue to take but i just feel like it's so competitive with the ones who try to do it on amazon i just have never even bothered to try yeah but but I'm that's sure where like i'm sure if you was... grinded your ass off you'd be able to like make some good money from it but nah i don't have time for it but that's, that's where it comes in now where you've got, well, when you leave uh, university because you can't use Westfly as a brand to promote this stuff. But yeah. as soon as this happens, you could drop ship your own products from using your traffic, from using your rep, like streams of, and that's where the game changes completely. And we are back on the Trackster podcast, the number one podcast in the world. How are we doing? I feel like this could be a separate podcast now because we've gone from we'll we'll go from biz, all the business talk to you just calling people betas and obviously joking. But first off, I want to start with the Run Your Mouth podcast because this is something I don't listen to their podcast personally and I don't have a clue who he was. And I'm not I'm not doing that to call any shade. I don't know who he was and I didn't know the podcast existed. What's happening with that? Because you've been taking quite a lot of fire on Twitter, especially. Okay, well, I didn't know what the Run Your Mouth podcast was either, and I didn't. I knew who the guy was. I knew Noah Drotty because he was a runner. And yeah, I, I know him. Who, I knew who the guy was because he called me out on Twitter, and he said, uh, you know, um, he was like, against what Chris Chavez said, don't watch uh, Westfly YouTube video. I was like, all right, whatever. And then I think he got a good reaction out of that because, you know, his community is like, they're always trying to pick at something. And like, you know how people are in this world today, nowadays, snowflakes, they're, they're always yeah. trying to grab, they're always trying to grab something you said and twist it. And like, they said I was doing cultural appropriation with my cornrows, but you know, usually I wouldn't respond to this type of thing, but I actually felt, you know, very passionately about it because I thought that 
with my platform, I could um, actually make a difference in what I think is wrong in this world. And that's like people who are just, you know, constantly trying to divide people up more. And, you know, they think they probably, they honest, he honestly probably thinks in his own head that he's doing good, but I don't believe that. I think, you know, the, he didn't say the cultural appropriation thing. But yeah, basically he was just trying to grab a grab something to say because it was connected to Westfly and I'm a as you said a polarizing figure and you know, he'll probably freaking clip this podcast right here and we're giving him exactly what he wants by talking about him, but since you asked me the question about him, that's my take on it. I think he's a loser. Uh, I think he's a beta. It's not because he's gay. It has nothing to do with him being gay. I don't care if you're gay. It's because of the way he holds himself and the way he acts. So just to clear the air again, if you're gay, I don't care. People can love whoever they want to love. I'm, I'm not some, you know, conservative, crazy person who is like, it's, yeah, I don't know. I get that. I get that rap and it's just completely not true. I'm just an alpha is the only way you can put it. Yeah. I I say what I want when I want and people have a problem with that and they get jealous and bitter and, you know, they try to bring me down, but it comes with the territory. I, you know, I'm, I'm fully prepared for what's to come and people are never going to stop talking about me. So that's that. Yeah. I saw that. And obviously, yeah, like you said, it's getting exactly what it wants. I don't want to talk about this for too long. Um, but like when I saw like people saying like, it was like masculine tox, what is it called? Like mass toxic masculinity and stuff like that. I was like, there's, and people saying like you're calling out and bullying people. It's, it's in a YouTube video. They're literally, they're literally trying to cancel me for being a man and like having my chest puffed out yeah but like even like, even like saying oh you're an alpha like that's you're not you're, you're not actually saying like if you don't act like a like a masculine man you're any less it's it's ridiculous I, just, I don't know and they know that too they know that too and they know exactly what's going on but they want to get their click so they'll just be little pussies about it yeah I, honestly I, we get quite a lot of messages and obviously as well when we sort of when on that day when i posted that meme when it was like oh i stepped in shit and it was like i actually put poo for whatever reason i don't know why i did that but like <laughs> and your followers are straight on it but like we got so many that day as well were like oh good they, 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 i was like because i was like i didn't know who you were at the time like, honestly it was the first day i found out and people were like oh they're just people who just like some old miss guys who uh like have been disrespectful to tin man and i was like all right but like it's like it's so it's, it's just a bit crazy, but like like you said, a lot of people, especially in running, do actually believe what they're doing and how their their opinions on you. They think they're fully justified. So I, I I don't know. I find it interesting that people actually have that viewpoint because you can't say they're wrong because it's their opinion. But like, it really annoys me seeing like people like criticize you and also like criticize anyone who says anything online. And they always say like, "Oh, Galen Rupp never did this." No one knows who Galen Rupp is outside of running people yeah. so like but so that's what i wanted to ask about that and i'm glad you've spoke about that because i didn't really know what was going on and the main one is obviously tin man beef oh, come on say it right come on we're on the tracks of pie i'm with tin, Alfie. tin beta is that is that correct is that what Keep you want to tin beta sub elite sub elite okay it's tin beta sub elite there you right. go that sounds better where did this originally start why Tin Beta Sub Elite, like why did you, uh, I guess, target them? Well, and also, do you have any sort of, what are your actual thoughts as a whole on Tin Man or Tin, Man, Tin Beta Sub Elite? It's story time for the Tracks to Podcast. So, 
Actually, I don't have the Tim Beta hat because I chucked it in the trash on my run one time for some content. But basically, um, I would when Tim Man was out and starting, I was I was a runner in college, and I was seeing Drew and Sam starting this cool little team, and I was all for it. I I I, I hate to admit it, I was on that Tim Beta wave. And as time went on, you know, in the beginning they threw down some good performances, and you know I respected the grind and what they were doing. But then at some point they got such, you know, big heads and thought they were some, uh, they thought that their their voice mattered and they thought that everyone was listening to them. And they started banging on meditation bowls and, you know, telling sob stories about how hard running is. And I was like, bro, these guys are pussies, man. And people don't need to be listening to them. And, you know, we go, I go on runs with pro runners and college runners and everyone's talking about them like, Yo, you see how like soft that shit was, uh, and you know no one no one would say it. And then I finally said it, and you know how many people are saying Tim Beta sub elite now because I said the truth and put the truth out there. And um, like as for like, this is real, very true beef. I do not like these guys. Yeah, I would I wouldn't get a beer with them after I run a race. I wouldn't go to a party with them. I don't like the way they live. I don't want to hang out with them and I want to race them and make them all cry and then drink their beta tears at the bar that night. Besides Jordan Guzman, obviously. Besides, besides you know what? Some of them are all right. I'll say that. And I, and uh, Jordan Guzman is, uh, he's the alpha on that team and we need to, we need to poach him and get him off that team. That's another, that's another thing that's happening in the realm of the track and field world in the near future from a business standpoint. Hmm. Also, when, hey, when's this going to be posted? Well, well, probably sometime next week. Whenever, whenever you want, really. Corey Belmore is the newest Westfly athlete, the beer mile world record holder. Chris Robertson, you are so absolutely fucked, buddy. You're not even going to get top two in this race when we show down. Corey Belmore is racing a 1500 on Sunday, going for that Olympic trials qualifier. He's a good mentor. He's a badass. He's going to be coaching me in this beer mile. And then Chris Robertson, you're going to lose $2,000. So you might as well back out now like the beta little bitch you are. Is this uh, the beer mile guy? Because I don't know his name. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Yep. He is done and he's trying to beef me and he does not want this smoke. I will tell him that right now. How, how has that beef been going? Is it is it still is it still burning or is it? No, we've agreed. I mean, there's not much to say at this point. We've agreed on a $2,000 race this summer. Where it happens is TBD, but if he pulls out now, then he's just a little baby. And, yeah, it's going to be exciting, and we're going to have a whole production show of it, and someone's going to lose $2,000, and it ain't going to be me. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can chug and hold it down, like I can't see way, any way you could lose that race, to be honest. Let me show you something. This is a LaCroix right here. It's way harder than a beer. Um, I need to find a knife real quick. So, Chris Robertson, if you're watching this, prepare to get your pants or something. So, have you ever shotgun something, Alfie? I don't know if y'all do that over in England. I say I don't drink alcohol at all, so no, I haven't. But you can shotgun a Lacroix like me right now. You ready? Yeah, go on. Yeah, that, that, that was very impressive. 
I've seen I've seen on Nelk how quickly they shotgun beers and you know. Steve will do it. Is my spirit animal. Would you, would you like to see him in a beer mile? Do you think he could run a first time? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, trying to get sponsored by Full Sense Fitness for my beer mile. I mean, that, that, I think honestly, that's with your brand. I think it very fits very well with Full Sense. That's actually a very real possibility. In yeah, the Full Sense and Barstool. I want to get with both those brands and work together. They actually do quite a lot, especially Barstool for like at the collegiate level as well, don't they? They like cover quite a lot. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely something. What I think it, I've never thought of that actually, but that is an absolute brilliant idea, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, collabing with other brands is something you should definitely look into. Y'all can help each other out and come up with a good business agreement where you'll both benefit from it. Exactly. And when it's not a business, what's like, oh, you can't post this, you can't post that. It definitely helps because I feel like that happens a lot in terms of when people do like brand deals and stuff or like collaborate. It's always like, oh, yeah, you can't be seen doing this or whatever. But I feel like with those kind of stuff, you can do whatever you want. That's one. uh, That's another obstacle I'm going to have to face with Westfly because... You know, a lot of people will be scared to sponsor me, but I know once those numbers are up and once, you know, people can see the vision, like once my vision becomes a reality, we'll definitely have someone coming in sponsoring. And I think in an ideal world, we get a non-running company like Barstool Sports or Kellogg's or, you know, whoever to just put their logo on our jersey instead of a Nike sign. And we'll still wear Nike spikes because Monster Energy doesn't, you know, need to get their spikes advertised. Exactly. And actually, that'd be cool because like Bell Lab Track and Field has done it before where they get the Nike logo and put like a different logo on it and like strip it. And imagine if you got the monster stripes on a uh, on a dragonfly, that would be, that'd be pretty exactly. sexy. Yeah, but, that would be sexy. So carrying on with this Tim Man thing, because I've got a little segment I wanted to do here. And I'm just going to say now from a personal point of view, speaking with Tim Man guys individually, obviously I've spoken to Sam, I spoke to Joey. I, I literally, throughout summer, I played Call of Duty with Jordan Guzman every day when he was in Australia with his brother as well. So obviously I love him. But like, so I like some of the guys as on the team. I haven't spoken to all of them, but I have like fair relationships with quite a few of them on the team. And regardless of Tim Man, I, I'd say I like some of them on the team from my personal experiences with them. And I've heard other things from other people what question those beliefs as well. But again, that's other people's opinions. But what I wanted to do is there was this was this segment on when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were on the election and they each they had to give each other a compliment. So I'm gonna read off Tim Bater Elite or Tim Bater sub elite members. And for each one you've got to give a different compliment to each of that member. Okay. So first up, Sam Parsons. Sam, I think you're very good at complaining and crying. You have, to, you have to be petty with that one. Okay, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let that slide for the first one then. Um, next one is Jordan Guzman. Goose, you don't give a shit what people think about you, and I, I like that and I respect that. Sydney Garibude. You see, it's kids like Sydney where I can't, I can't, I can't say anything bad. I can't say that anything bad about that kid. I can never beef him. He's just, you can't not like the kid. Um, you're putting the team on your back right now, and it it uh it motivates my team. That's fair. He's re- he's running very well, and he seems like a really nice down to earth guy as well. Drew Hunter. Drew, old Drewbin. You make you make me faster because I think about beating you. Okay, that's that's, that's two sort of backhand compliments, but I'm gonna roll with it anyway. Sam Sam and Drew, that's fine. 
I'll I'll say I'll say something nice about Sam if I have to. I've actually got. Oh, I don't know where it went. He wrote me a note uh, a, a while back when I um, ordered some Tim Beta gear, and I think. Uh, I think he has a very good heart. I'd, I'd agree with that, to be honest. I, I respect him on that front, definitely. Like, he seems to care about other people's uh, like like feelings and emotions. And um, he makes that clear as well on social media with all the spiritual stuff and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Joey Cheese. Joey Cheese, Joey Cheese, Joey Cheese. Well, uh, actually, I can't say that on air. Um, Joey Cheese, where do I even start? He's just a, he's just a solid dude. I don't know. Not too, so. not too, uh, not too soy boy, not too loud. He's just like, I don't know. If, if he was on your team, like, he's like one of those people everyone likes. Yeah, that's fair. Jeff, Jeff, is it Jeff Fees? I think it is Jeff Fees. Or Jeff has Fies. small thighs. Um, I actually don't really know anything about him, to be honest. He, you ran a, you ran, you ran a pretty quick 1500 the other day. And I mean, it was, I, it's not, it's not what I'm going to run outdoor, but I guess it's decent. Yeah, I've heard he's a really, really nice guy. Uh, like, like maybe even too nice from quite a few people, like apparently. But yeah, that, that's that's the thing. I do want to touch on this as well because a lot of people say like Tim Man, uh, Tim Beta, Subbly, aren't quite a few of them aren't high class runners. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a problem I see with the brand. It's like, why should people listen to what they have to say about running? Like, if you're looking up, to, if you're looking for someone who you want to like aspire to be like I don't think you should um necessarily do the things they're doing because look where it's taking them that is that is true but also you've got to look at the other side as well and it's like if these these runners who let's say aren't at that level obviously there's a few runners who are at that level at a high level but these runners who aren't there's they're getting to live like a professional runner and did you sort of sort of commends that in terms of how they're being able to do that because of what Tim Man's doing for their, like what Tim Man's doing as a brand to help them. Is that, if that makes sense? But like they're getting viewed as a really high quality runner. Even well, they no, they don't, it's not like some sub elites get to live life's like professional runners. You watch one of their videos. It's like living life as a professional runner and like their whoop deal. If like, like, I feel like people who are in touch with the sport, they see that and they see the whoop deal and they'd be like, well, shit, I'm, I'm never going to wear a whoop. Doesn't seem to be doing the trick. eh, boys. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to wear a whoop and then I realized it was a subscription fee and I'm like, nah, it seems ridiculous. If you want to find a reason as to why you're going to have a crap workout to get a whoop. Yeah, I guess it's there is like, one way. Yeah. I can't really see much of a benefit for it. Yeah, because how many times have you gone into a workout where you've not had good sleep and then still had a good workout? Yeah. Uh, it's happened exactly. many times. And you can, like, get bad thoughts in your head if it says you're not fully recovered. That is true. I've, I've got a few more names here. Reed Fisher. Uh, He's just a grinder, blue-collar runner. Joe Hale. 
Joe Hale. I, I like Joe Hale. I wouldn't even beef him. He's just an employee for Tim Man. He doesn't he doesn't even really get in front of the camera. Uh, I think he's funny when he talks on Twitter about he's like talks he like makes fun of himself in his nose. I think that's uh, hilarious. Um, and yeah, he like also another thing about the Tim Boys is they um like they won't acknowledge me and Joe Hale acknowledges acknowledges me sometimes. I've I've actually talked to him before so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy actually, and he's he's funny as well. Jermaine Coleman, I I don't really know him very well, honestly. Jermaine Sloman, that's, that's he good. seems like he just seems he just kind of seems like a douche and like thinks he's so cool. He's uh he's from the UK as well. I don't, I don't know why that changes anything, but that's fair. Uh, like, fi- like I'm pretty sure I don't don't take me. This is the truth that I know. I'm pretty sure like. Like some kids, I don't even want to say it because I don't have it right. But like, I I don't know some story. Like someone wanted to run with them and they ghosted him. But I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna get into it because I don't know if it's true or what. I just that's just what comes to mind when I think of him. Yeah, the, the only the only experience I have with Jermaine is we've done um, an interview with him for we've done like an article with him before interviewing him, and it was it was really good. He was really nice on that. So that's literally the only. I can only speak on like personal personal things I know about him, and he was he was nice on that. So I guess that's the only thing I can sort of say about him. And the final person I have is Max McKerney. Is that how you say his name? Max McDonald McKerney. I mean, I I don't really know what to say about him. He's their camera guy. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm not really going to throw shade at the camera guy because he's not like, he's just doing his job and he's doing a pretty good job at it. But that'd be pretty funny if our camera guys beefed. I think you should set that up to be honest. I don't, I don't like setting up beef and that's why I don't like talking about Tim boys in a nice way, even though I was doing it for the sake of the game. Uh, Cause you know, a lot of people are trying to fabricate the beef these days and I can see right through it. And it's yeah. When you know, the beef is fabricated, then it loses its the point of it. Cause like yeah. you build up, like you're building it up, and you like want to see these people who don't like each other. But if you're just like joking around with them, like making playful jokes, it's like, all right, like y'all are just gonna kiss each other after the race and say good job. Like I don't know, it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, that's why that's why when I saw this on like the election thing when Donald Trump and Hillary did it, they obviously hate each other. But they still, and I found it interesting to see what they came up with because it's quite interesting to see, like, because I, I know for a fact that if I just asked, like, if there wasn't real beef, and I obviously I didn't know if there was real beef or not, like, it's hard to tell just through social media. But, like, well, I want to see. You can tell. People can tell because I've yeah. disrespected them and, like, they will not, uh, like, they blocked me on everything and, like, clearly I'm pissing them off. So, yeah. So it's very, very serious beef. Like, you would happily go to a race and absolutely destroy them and see all them do terrible and you'd that's like, that'd be leave the day for them. That's interesting. Cause like you said, a lot of people do fake beef or sort of like, I mean like the Craig Engel Centro beef, like it's never really going to go anywhere and it's not really malicious. But if this is actually beef, that's, that's even more interesting. I think to be honest. It has, it has to be. I've disrespected them so poorly. The West Clean is coming and bringing me a coffee. Handsome good. Thank you so much. Hello. Uh, where were we talking about beef and how it being real or not? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I was just saying, like, when people fabricate it, it's, like, uninteresting to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I Yeah, I like beef, even if it's, like, lighthearted beef where it's not, like, trying to, like, you can tell when people are trying to fake it. But say if it's, like, just chatting some things about each other, I think that's fine. But then as soon as it's, like, deliberately around the time of a race and people start trying to make things up and then straight after the race, never find anything from it ever again. That's the kind of beef where yeah. it's like, you're just doing that. And it's just like trying to jump on a wave and like copying, essentially copying what you're doing, which is at a point now where that's going to happen quite a lot because I mean, you've grown from, obviously you've ran very well now, but like you've grown from like somewhat nothing in just very short space of time. So I feel like a lot yeah, of people that's, are trying to that's jump another... on that's another thing I pride myself on about Westfly is like when Tim man was starting, you had drew Hunter, the number one prospect in all of America and like every single eyes are on him. But like when I was starting, I was at my house with a femoral stress fracture and it really was built from the ground up. I'm not saying I, you know, it's not impressive what they were able to do, but it, like it literally started from nothing. You've actually had to market yourself and like market Westfly. Whereas they sort of just let the running do the talking for, to start with. And that's sort of what got it from like Drew Hunter, let's be honest, like got all the high school kids behind it straight away because it's Drew Hunter. And like on, on some follow questions now, which to be honest, there's a few of these. And since Instagram's down, I can't actually find all of them. I, hopefully it's back up. So I'll get back on it. But there's a few of these, what I've got written down. And then I was just going to go off the, off looking at it. So I'll, I'll go back on Instagram in about 10 minutes. while I've asked these to see if there's any more. I was just going to the bathroom. I had an idea. Um, you know, you post this uh, on the Traxa account, don't you? These yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should make a, you think, like, I don't know how often you do the podcast, but what about, should you make it, make it separate, a Traxa pod account? In terms of, in terms of just making it like a, like what you, what you, you just post the it's like Joe Rogan podcast. Like you just post the podcast I on there. I do need to do that on YouTube because all the podcasts haven't been visual. Like every single podcast I do is audio. So I was uploading to YouTube originally and the podcast platform and then taking them down on YouTube because it'd get like 10 views because it's literally, and it was hurting the channel. So that's, I definitely think for, for ones like this, or maybe if it's like, maybe not even the full length, but maybe if I get like 20 minutes and put it on the actual YouTube and then, because obviously you can't really put like an hour and 20 minute videos on your actual YouTube because it just kills it. But like, I'm definitely starting a pod, tracks to podcast YouTube channel as well to post them, all that yeah, more okay. visual ones. But for this one, for this one, I'd probably post on Trackster or at least part of it and then say, listen to the full one, whatever. Well, this, um, one, this one needs to uh, get heard by the world. So exactly. There. And it's, it's interesting because this, this next thing actually leads on to that because this just shows what sort of, moves you're making in terms of like brand and people know who you are this this in the follow questions quite a high profile person asked me this but they specifically said can they remain remain anonymous because they don't want to have the association of westfly which is i find and by the way this this person is a great is a great person a man or woman i'm not saying but like they just wanted to keep anonymous so then they wouldn't get hate for being for asking you a question which i just find crazy <laughs> So ah, I'm wondering who it is now. Oh well. So it, the question is, and it's not even by question. It's the top two and bottom two hairs in Ole Miss history. Like, who do you think had the best two hairstyles, and who do you think has the worst two hairstyles in Ole Miss history? Because there's quite a few interesting ones at the minute. I mean, like Cole Bullock's got one, Mario's got one, you've got one. Obviously, you've got Craig. I think the top two 
in Ole Miss history has to be Craig because he was the OG. No one was doing that crazy hair, really. I mean, people did mustaches, but that's not that wild. Craig with the mullet, um, you know, it made like a lot of like national headlines, honestly, on the social media. And, you know, number two, I got to go with the cornrows at SECs because, you know, no one's doing it like that. You know, just it's just so such a ridiculous hairstyle that, like, it's got to be top two. I'm going I'm going buzzed head, bright red for NCAA outdoors and Olympic trials. That's going to be number two. And then that's going to be one, two, the cornrows and the red. So that's Craig and myself. Worst two, hmm. I don't really think who is that? What is that? Instagram's not working still, so I'm I'm trying to get these questions. But worst two, hmm. I don't know. I think the stupider it looks, the better. So like anyone who's had a normal haircut, I think is the worst two. Like Mario, Mario bleached his hair and it came out like kind of orange, and it like it didn't look like it was very professionally done, but it like made him more visible on the screen and like I was rocking with it so like we'll just go worse to just people with normal hairstyles who don't do anything uh uh Wally didn't do anything with his I was saying he should dye his mustache blonde and uh his eyebrows as well I think yeah yeah exactly um and someone else uh gee, I don't know Ben Savine or no Ben has a mullet uh Robinson Snyder Okay. Fifth this past weekend. That's fair. Um, I'm trying. To, if I have one request though, please, if you do a buzz cut, do it before, like two weeks before, so you can get a tanned head. Because in between the cornrows, it was so white, like it I was know, so pale. That's, that's the point. It was yeah, and I, it is an iconic photo though, where you shush across the line in the in the cornrows with Westfly one two three. I, I planned that one out before the race. Yeah, that is that is an absolute iconic photo. In fact, I need to post that actually because we haven't yet. I'll, I'll do that to actually to promote this podcast. I'm definitely posting that photo as the, as the first photo in like the real because that's just Let's a crazy go. photo. Next next question. I've got the questions up as well now, so that's good. Um, yeah. How many athletes do you want on Westfly and what names would you like okay. to be a part of Westfly? Okay. Um, like the number one uh, moral or like number one rule about my brand or like the – you know, number one character trait I like to find in people is loyalty. So, like, I like when I pick someone, like, I'm very, very meticulous on who I'm going to pick and choose because it's going to be, like, a team and a family, and you can't just have anyone on because they're fast. Yeah. Um, people, I'm, people I'm looking for, well, right now, Casey Knievel-Bard, he got, like, six at the sound running, 1,500, 337 or something. Um, no, he ran 340, actually. Uh, you know, obviously the CEO is going to be an athlete. Um, Fair Abdul Kareem, uh, Corey Belmore is a great fit. Uh, I don't know if you know Shay Foster, but he like has had a you know whirlwind of injuries and like stuff going on. And then he during quarantine he went and like grinded his ass off. And you know he's been on some TV shows. I think he'd be a great fit. I've talked with him. He's a really cool guy. Uh, I I like Robert Brandt. I just like him so much as an athlete and runner and. I feel like he really uh, like embodies what we stand for. Um, and yeah, I'm looking for people who aren't afraid to like lay their lives on the line, people who aren't afraid to, you know, say what they're really thinking. Um, Cause you know, we are a running team, but 
you know, we're also, uh, we're also going to be, yeah, like a, a family and I don't want to be around a bunch of betas. So if you're a beta, you can't come to Westfly. Uh, yeah. Jordan Gooseman, I think that would be a sick transition for him. I think it'd be a good story. Um, and then I, w- I want to get a, uh, I want to get an older, um, like a Ben True type guy to be like uh, the dad of the group, like a veteran in the game who can like help us navigate it. And, you know, maybe they're not the fastest dude in the world, but um, yeah, they can still show us the way and, you know, be good mentor and leader. Uh, I need to find a coach. I've been uh, messaging some people. I really want Alberto Salazar, to be honest. That would be the coolest thing ever. It'd be so many headlines. Um, you know, my coach Van Hoy, I don't know if I can get him on board with the Westfly thing, but that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty sick. Um, but money talks. So, you know, if I come with to him with a bag, then he won't have a choice but to accept that offer. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of coaches I've had, but that's where I am right now. There's a huge roster of people. There's a lot of kids who want to rep the brand and, uh, you know, run in the unattached races who aren't necessarily professional caliber athletes. So they can, they can still represent, but there's a, there's a separation between the Westfly alpha team and the kids who wear the Jersey. Yeah. And so right now it's Corey Belmore, Farah, Casey, me. And uh, yeah. One thing I want to touch on actually quickly, what I meant to touch on at the start was your merch. Half of it. I've never even seen Nike athletes wear, or like even in the Nike store. I've never seen it. I've never seen it before. I find it crazy how you're coming out of this merch and like, is it from yeah. the, uh, the factory store? Is that where you get the stuff from? It's like prototypes and stuff. Um, I get some stuff right from there, but I also have a lot of connections just mm. through this industry. Um, and that's another, you know, huge part of the brand. Like I want every single, you know, thing that we create to be like drippy. Like, we're not just slapping a logo on something and calling it Westfly merch. Like <clears throat> I want there to be like a fashion line of it almost. Yeah. Look, like, I think I'm pretty into the arts and yeah, so it's a good opportunity there. And I'm guessing as soon as it, as soon as the time comes, there would be no more. It'll be completely your production as well. When you find the right supplier, it's no Nike ticks, which some people like when, when we've got asked before, people are like, oh, can you just put your merch on Nike, Nike stuff? I'm like, no, like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I would honest- love to get, I would love to get a deal with Nike, but yeah who knows if they would sign me. And then if they did, like, I want to, I want to like play my hand to where like, I'm going to be like, I don't need you, but if you want to come help and we both benefit, then that would be great. And then if they're like, no, like, cause like right now all the Westfly athletes wear Nike, but there's going to be a point where I, you know, talk to the head of marketing for Nike. And I'm going to say, look, we've been wearing your stuff for the past two years. We, you know, show this logo in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And if y'all don't, you know, come in with a bag and we're leaving Nike and there's nothing you can do about it. And then, you know, who, who knows what they'll say to that, but that's, that's something, a big plan to do. That's something what Clubhouse is very good for as well. I think building connections like we've had, when we've had Clubhouses before, I'm not sure if you were in it, but like the head of Nike marketing, it, for, it, was, it was influencer marketing of Nike was in the Clubhouse call. And it was then like the head coach of Nike USA was in the call and it's like, why are these people just in our clubhouse call? So that's something very powerful that I think within the running industry, because it's such a small, tight knit industry, you can pretty much get hold of anyone you want and like make moves. So I think that's definitely something what, I mean, as soon, it's, as, soon as you leave, you just need to set it up. So as soon as you leave college, it's like, you know, within a month, you can yeah. take it to the next level. 
Next next question is, uh, what's the Westfly's uh, meditation routine? Honestly, every single night I get on the pellet. Like I make fun of people because they meditate, but I make fun of them because they, you know, like, yo, bro, take a picture of me meditating. And they want to publicize that. Like that's not what it's about. I do a lot of meditations. I do breathing meditations every single night to go to sleep. I do sleeping meditations. The people I listen to are Aditi Shah, Kristen McGee. Um, there's another one in there. I don't even know uh, his name. It's a dude. Uh, I do fitness focused meditations. I go in the sauna and I get my speaker and I listen to meditations. I'm just not for the, the poser meditators who, you know, are doing it because they think it's like chill or hipster. So I, that's why I call it out. Um, I don't believe in the Tibetan singing bowl, but yeah, I do meditation every single night, every single time I get in the sauna and yeah, just, it helps. It's like, it helps me relax. Some people get home from work and they crack open a beer and sit on the couch and watch sports and they think they're relaxing. But like, if you really want to do something relaxing, you go in a sauna and, you know, stretch or, you know, whatever it is, but that's what I do to relax. How do you like manage your time? Because for me, I guess we're sort of in the same boat where we're, we're trying to actually have a running career as well as trying to do start a business. Like how, I found times where I'm doing my double day at like 9 p.m., doing gym sessions at like half nine and not sleeping until like one in the morning. How do you sort of manage your time where you where that doesn't happen and actually give time to relax? Yeah, well, so my grades in school, are t my grades are pretty terrible in school because- Which I, means nothing, by the way, as well. I know, I I know. Well, I got to stay eligible, but that's, that's what I'm doing is I'm just staying eligible and I'm spending all my time on Westfly and running. And um, I actually, I'm actually kind of a lazy motherfucker, you know, a good bit of the time, just cause I'm recovering from running. I don't want to do anything. Like if you look around my room right now, it's a pigsty. So, and I haven't done laundry in like three weeks, but the best way I manage my time is I just, I literally just run and do Westfly. Yep. And I eat, I eat what I want and I cook what I want, but I don't, I don't have like a schedule or a routine I follow, which, you know, sometimes if I like am starting fresh, I'll like clean out my whole room completely. But basically all I do is I run and I eat and I do Westfly. How do you like switch off? Because I, I've found falling into many scenarios where like I'm laying in bed at like 11 PM and I'm like, I need to get my laptop out and do something. But like now I'm better at it. But how, how do you sort of manage that and switch off? How, how do you turn off the, you know, the go, go, go thing in your brain. Sheesh. I mean, I, I, I don't really have to, I get so tired from it. I can just pass out and sleep. And, you know, I do things with my girlfriend that help me. Uh, like she's kind of my break from it all. Like whenever I hang out with her, I don't have to worry about Westfall. I don't have to worry about anything. And yeah, it's, uh, it's helpful to have her. Now that's the thing, like with my girlfriend, sometimes it's a bit counterproductive. Like, I had my vaccine on Wednesday, so I was at hers because we had a house viewing, and then I realized I hadn't done any work for two days. But when you can find that balance, it, it, it works really, really well because it's literally two different lives. Does, you, does your girlfriend run, or is she completely not in that scene nah, at all? No, nah, like, I'm really glad she doesn't. A lot of people in the running game, you know, get hitched with other people that are runners, and, like, I need, I need a break from it sometimes. Like, that's how I turn it off. I, you know, being on a track team, we talk about running a lot naturally, and I love running, but... I think a break from it's really good where I can just have like a separate kind of life almost. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, next question is from Ev Everett 
small. I don't know why I tried doing that. I tried to be funny. Uh, uh, why are you? Why are you so handsome? The way God made me. All the girls can't quit sweating me in my DMs since I got a haircut. Are you, stock's, uh, been going, stock's been going to the moon, and everyone's been hopping on it because just because I'm so handsome. Are, are you gonna make the most of that before you shave it off? Are you gonna like have a man bun or anything like that? Or are you just gonna? I'm not. Rock I'm, not I'm not shaving it until I. Uh, Go to NCAA. It's gonna get real long. Definitely, you need a man bun. Uh, trying to think. What about I'm not doing a man. I'm not doing a man bun. That's too beta. What about a Mohican for a week before shave the sides? The week before you shave off the middle. What about that? Shave think, the sides in the middle, and it'll be like two lines. Yeah. Or well, actually, yeah, you could have a double Mohican, or you could have like shave everything other than the middle line. Oh, a mohawk. Mohawk. Yeah, mohawk. That's it. I've done I've done mohawk before. I don't think I'll do it. I like the mullet better. Yeah. I mean if, if you lose with a mohawk, you, you there's no turning back. But if you lose with a mullet, I think it's fine. I, but, yeah, I mean when I had the mohawk, I was running I've got third at SECs my freshman year. So I definitely had the dragon energy from the Mohawk, but damn. There's a lot of um there's a lot of moms who watch the Westfly YouTube video whose kids watch it and they'll send me messages and it's pretty funny. They'll be like, oh, my kids were fighting today. And, you know, one of them said, yo, Sam, quit being such a beta. And that shit's pretty funny. That's exactly what happens with Nelk Boys. Have you, have you seen where they go back to Florida and it's like all the moms are just like chilling with them at a bar? Oh, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Next question is, I guess this, the way they've worded this, people might not take seriously, but I think it definitely has a lot of substance other than the fact that it's worded the way it is. But how do we get the sport to be more alpha? But alpha. No, that's a fantastic question. And, you know, the how to do it is to follow Westfly and see who's leading the charge and, you know, model your life like it. I think, I think a huge reason as to why running had such a, you know, low market cap in, the, in recent history is because it's for like the dweeby nerdy kids and like people don't want to be dweebs or nerds. And, you know, all the cool kids in high school in America are uh, playing football and basketball and they're stars of those teams. And then the stars of the cross country team, people are like, oh, he's that runner kid. But, you know, running is a very badass sport, in my opinion. And, you know, we just it's on us to, uh, you know, make it that way. I don't pump weights at the Swole Miss Arm Farm for nothing. I do it show people. I'm big. I'm strong. I, I run with my, I run with my balls. I make very respectable performances, mm. and yeah, just you just gotta you just gotta have that dragon energy. And if you don't, then just support the people who do because they'll be the ones on the platforms pushing it forward. And also, if you look at the NBA and NFL, the the most highlighted clips are people in the NBA dunking on someone and then like squaring up to them or like dunking over them. And then in football, it's the biggest tackle. Like that's the biggest clip. So why, why in running can't it be something similar? Like it's like, I'd say in running it's probably, well actually the most, probably the most talked about clip in running was that relay. Was it LSU and Texas? Where that he looked, that's how you do it. Or exactly. crossing the line going like this to people or Centro dabbing on Cole Hawker. Or Cole Hawker dabbing on Centro, to be honest. Yeah. Cole Hawker getting the gun and shooting the old duck. Yeah, I find it interesting. Like, people say never do that, never, like, show personality, and they should just let the running do the talking. Yet, running's been a dying sport for years and years and years because no one's had personality. Like, Usain Bolt was a breath of fresh air, what revived a lot of running. And now he's gone. People need to step up and do the same. And it's 
it's undeniable that he's the biggest earner in the sport ever is because of his personality. Like if he was just a fast runner, it'd be fine, but it'd still be really like monetizable and marketable. But his personality is what made him a fast, not just a fast runner because people break world records all the time. You don't see Joshua Chepter guy and like brand deals with big brands, do you? So it's like wow. such a big thing. I, I want to get onto some running questions and then some deep questions to sort of finish off the podcast. And the first one I just want to get out of the way is what's your favorite workout? All right. So we'll start this workout with an 800 tempo and like 220. Like every workout I do, we start with some, whether it's a mile tempo, every single breakdown, whether it's a mile tempo, K tempo, 800 tempo, so we'll do 800 tempo and about 220. And then uh, two sets of 600, 400, 300, 200. It's like a late season workout to get you ready for a quick 1500. And um, the rest depends, but between sets will be like three minutes and it'll be anywhere between like 90 seconds between the six and the four. But yeah, we'll just uh, do two sets of six, four, three, two, a little bit quicker than a mile pace. And then you get 3K of work at like, you know, 337 pace and you get in the race and you, you know, it's what you're used to. Yeah. And then sometimes we'll do like an all out 400 at the end. And you, there's really no way to get like super lactic unless you do lots of volume at a 1500 pace or faster. And it's, it's the most painful workout, but I think it prepares me best for uh, like races. Yeah. Also, I think like Joe, where you do like a tempo or a threshold before, like the most lactic I've ever got was from on, on paper. It wasn't that much of a hard session. It was two mile threshold like at threshold, like lactate thresholds and making sure you're actually running at your lactate threshold. And then 400s, like with 60 seconds recovery at, at like 1500 pace or just sub 1500 meter pace. And then the amount of lactic I got in that because I just, it went over that threshold and then you're just working at that. But you can also get quite a high volume in because it's short reps. So you can sort of finish. And for the next one, you've got at least 300 meters before the lactic kicks in again. And it is a great way to get a lot of workout done at um, like sort of that, that pace where you're going to get lactic and you're going to start hurting races. Yeah, that sounds that like that sounds like a tough ass workout, but we wouldn't really ever do anything like that. We either have a strength day where we'll do like a four mile tempo or eight by K or a speed day where we'll do yeah. like 1500 pace stuff or faster. We don't really ever mix them in. Yeah, I think I think because I'm very much on the other end of the spectrum in terms of like endurance. That's like my yeah like pre-race like week before a race i'd do that session as like yeah i think some of our, or something i think some of our longer distance guys would do that but also another staple workout that is just like the most like standard like strength work that i know works is i've done it like my whole entire career here at Ole Miss is a four mile tempo followed by five by 200 at 29 it's just yeah. a, such a solid workout it's not too uh shiny you know we'll do the four miles in like 20 minutes start at like 508 get down to like 456 or something a little over 20 minutes do you ever do twos with 30 seconds recovery uh, that's quite a big workout those are, those are i did those in high school those are horrible yeah i've, I've done 22s with 30 seconds recovery and again because i'm a high volume guy i can do them at like sub 1500 meter pace with 30 seconds recovery and it's, it's yeah. weird how that can happen the closest thing we get to that is we do 300s with 100 jog recovery yeah that that's those a- are those are the toughest ones where you're doing like fast work and having short recovery what we did basically was we got like buckets of paint and just like poured it on and like yeah moved it down like this. No, nah, I like that. I like stuff like that. I've got that. Like, I like like bespoke art pieces. Do you like what like one of a kind stuff yeah. like that? 
that's another thing that's another thing i do to turn the uh thing off is like we'll see we'll see little do-it-yourself crafts on tiktok and we'll be like or like meals and we'll just like do that for fun i think when you give names like dragon energy or like alpha to things people like say oh he's just chatting rubbish but it actually means quite a lot of it's it's all very intentional everything i say i mean some of it's obviously just kicking the can but dragon energy ceo it's all got a purpose in this business plan so yeah. yeah, I mean, and then I call myself the CEO of West Five Athletics, and then once it's like a multi-million dollar company, I'm still gonna be the CEO of West Five Athletics. And it's like CEO in like just life tendencies as well, like just act like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just you know, real estate, just always looking for opportunities to make money, just making big money moves. As a Absolutely. CEO, you are the CEO, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Dude, y'all have 50k on Instagram. That's such a such a good platform to. It's weird though because like some days that 50k means nothing. It's so strange how Instagram works. Like just like today, Instagram going down. It's like if Instagram went down and actually never came back, what would we have left? Nothing. That's, yeah, I was literally thinking that. So it's 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 hard to try and diversify because we grew so quickly on Instagram it's hard to try and get across the different platforms without trying to seem spammy. Cause obviously I don't want to say go follow the YouTube and then produce subpar content because it's yeah. completely different to Instagram content. Same with TikTok. I tried TikTok. I can't really do it. Same with websites. Like I'm not, I'm not just going to produce rubbish content because I've got Instagram following, but I also need to get on those content waves because if Instagram does get deleted, cause people's accounts have been deleted before, like I've got to, I've got to make sure I've got like different places to outlet, outlet things. Yeah. So have you That's can so you notice can you notice how much better your instagram is now than when you started because like if you go watch one of our youtube videos from back in the day it's like a kid with an iphone and now it's like like you just gotta work on it more absolutely like even my captions on instagram was like why are you putting that like there's a few of my friends who have instagram accounts now and they'll admit this like i'm not going to say the names because they're, they're anonymous still because they haven't they don't do anything uh like brand wise so but their captions are exactly like I used to do. And I just cringe at them because it's like, oh, like, who's who's your favorite runner? And just, it's just like, ah, stop it. But I've, to be honest, recently I've changed completely how I want to do Instagram. And like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw yesterday, we did an interview with Elliot Giles. It's obviously, he ran one. I read, and, I read the whole thing. And it's very Bleacher Report type of yeah. design. Yeah. And, I mean, normally we sacrifice likes. So like when you post better quality stuff on Instagram, it gets less likes because everyone likes seeing Mo Farah do the 100 meter run like on the track, like reels get so many likes, but like people who are liking that aren't going to engage with my content. So we're like, we need to switch it up. And it's done decently well on likes. It's got like 3,340. So normally a post like that would get like 2,000. So obviously that's the content people want to see as well. So that's something we're changing up into because, but yeah, like that's so much of a higher quality than what we did like a year ago or when when i started a year ago so massive another difference. one of my another one of the things about westfly that i take a lot of pride in it's like our numbers aren't too flashy or good but the engagement with the with the west flyers with the fans is like bro those guys those kids will would die die for the brand and it's like hey like we have like two thousand we have like three thousand followers and our picture will get like 1300 likes so like 30 it's like reaching 30 percent of the audience at least and yeah i want to keep i want to keep that uh engagement like really high as it grows 100 in fact i'm, I'm going to go as far as saying like infinitely more valuable than just having a follower who's just gonna it was just a number infinitely more valuable like you see 
there's some accounts who there's a, there's an account called ultimate running and it's got 110 K and it had like 10 K a year ago and they just post videos, but there's, there's no brand personality behind it. Their followers won't buy anything from ultimate running. Exactly. So it's a hundred percent like so many times more valuable to have the followers you've got. I'd even go as far as saying at the minute you're, you're more powerful than us in terms of what, if you posted something that like you probably have more influence power than Traxxer, I'd say. They're, yeah. They're different businesses though. Yeah, we're trying to transition into that and like actually personality wise, but an account what has 50,000, let's even say the equal, we have 50,000 uh, Instagram followers and you have 3,000, did you say? And I'd say we would probably do the same numbers if we sold something. So, yeah. but onto some deeper questions now, uh, just to finish it off. This one, I can imagine quite a lot of things you'll say, but is what's one thing you'd change about the sport? Or in fact, two things. One, what's realistic? So it has to be, it has to have monetary constraints and another thing what would you change if money wasn't an object and like you could do whatever you wanted okay um i think we need to abolish uh all the platforms that there are right now and there needs to be an a big time investor who's like the ufc like hundreds of millions of dollars to completely take over the streaming service and we need to do a pay-per-view um business model same as fighting i think the ufc has the best business model in the world for a competitive sport like this um we need to do more press conferences but you know the like the reason it's so difficult like for me at least is because there's flow track runner space cmb or nbc gold uh you know espn i think espn needs to take control of the whole entire um whole entire operation at least for NCAA's uh, professional meets um so yeah there, there just means that there needs to be a whole entire new promotion Absolutely. and uh that's what I mean that's another thing I want Westfly to be um and I think uh a big obstacle for putting on meets is uh having a track because you like it's either using a school's track or you know Hayward Field like there's and there might be like it over in England, but in America, like there's no workout facilities or like there's no tracks that are there just for a track. I think there needs to be more tracks that are there for, you know, like stadiums. There needs to be more track stadiums. A track, a Mondo track is about a million dollars and that's not cheap, but, you know, I really think if like you could get people involved in the sport, like we could sell out stadiums full of track races. Yeah. It's like, it's like Monaco, for example. And I know that's a bad example because it's, it, I guess it's in a really rich place. But like you can tell they get the money pumped in for the sport. And even with COVID restrictions this year. There, yeah, if you're a pacer there, you get like 5,000 bucks to hit the pace. Exactly. And that's what, like, they're, make, they're still making money on that event. So like the, it's there. And people also, again, people when people say there's no money, you make a lot of money from people who are watching it when it gets televised, like there's millions of viewers sometimes and the money just doesn't get put back into the sport. Um, but yeah, getting a big, big time investor, it happens in football in the UK. I say football in the UK, it is the proper football, but like billionaires take over clubs and make a loss on the club, but they don't care because they love the sport. Like they make, they're losing so much money by owning this football club, but they love the sport. So they're just watching it happen because they get to own a team. And I mean, we need a few people like that, but like, a billionaire came in, you could spend a hundred million and completely change the game completely. And it'd be nothing to them. So, well, some billionaires anyway. 
what what would you oh, say yeah, I, i'd get a track if i had all the money in the world i'd get a track and you know i want the west wide gym uh at some point in the down the road in the future i want to open a gym that's a business i really want and i want in the gym to have a coffee bar a smoothie bar like bro there's so many things i want to do if i had the money well it's gonna happen i mean like well, i'm talking just... multi-million dollar things and like yeah but yeah, and then for obviously money constraints, you think ESPN or like a streaming platform should have like a more like power over like streaming and then have put more effort into it. And I think as well, having commentators who actually knew what they were talking about because NCAAs was kipped to went through in the 408 mile in the 5K and no one said anything about it. And I was like... That was, that was a disgrace, the NCAA announcers. Yeah, it was. Like when Cole Hawker got the double, they were like... And Cole Hawker's challenging for the 3K. And it's like, he just got the double. No one cares. He had to make a world history. He's going to be going to the Olympics. He took down teammate Cooper Tier. Like, yeah, I agree. It was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very awe-inspiring. But again, most commentators, the only commentators who don't act like that are Australians. They seem to have really good commentators and really good, actually, like streams have, and stuff. Irish have great commentators. The dude, you seen the one video of the dude absolutely yelling his head off? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's one guy in the UK called Lloyd. He's he's good at commentating, but he's literally, last year he just did it from an Instagram feed on like an IG Live, and it, it got more hype than any of the other races. Two more questions. So first of all, what would you say the best best decision you've ever made is? Starting Westfly. Yeah, uh, I, I had always had these ideas. I always felt like I was a business guy, and, um, you know, I was really scared to put myself out there and, you know, I've received a lot of backlash and hate and, you know, my friends back home would like be like, yo, what's up, Westfly? Like making fun of me. They'd be like, yo, Westfly. But, you know, I just put myself out there and I quit caring what people thought about me and just started focusing on, you know, turning my vision into a reality. And yeah, that was probably the biggest shift in, uh, in my life that I've ever had because, I really just quit caring what people thought about me. And then all the better people came into my life at that point. And it just, yeah, made everything better. And then I got the dragon energy and made my running better. It made all assets of my life better. And like, it's, it's like this from August until now, like the stock in my life and my happiness has just gone up, 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 up. And it's linear too. Like it's been crazy. Like, First, I ran those time trials in the fall, and that was really cool because I was, you know, ran 148 for the first time. And then it, it, like, elevated me a level. And then I was a 148 guy and, you know, broke four for the mile, and that was cool. And I had all this momentum, then got an SEC medal, and, like, that just got me more fired up to run more and went to nationals and, you know, ran the fourth fastest time ever in the world with my team and was, you know, up there beating the best guys in the NCAA in the 1,200. And so now I'm like, just so, like when I wake up in the morning, I just open my eyes. I'm so excited to, uh, you know, go get after it. And it's like, I've said it, it's like a drug and I just keep wanting more of it. But what goes up must come down. It just hadn't come down yet, but we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's real exciting. Well, I mean, obviously you're going to have those times, those like tough times. It happens with any business, doesn't it? And anything like I'm sure you've, I'm not sure in depth and I don't think you can talk about it, but you're like, you've had a few rough or stressful weeks, haven't you, in terms of stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, that, that was actually, now that I think about it, that was actually a pretty low point. I uh, kind of like lost faith and quit caring, but yeah, I mean, it comes with the territory. Yeah. 
I, but I 100% agree. Joe, before I started Trackster, I was waking up and like, I don't actually have a purpose other than going to school and running. And I was like, as much as I want to be a professional runner, but like, it's like, I don't know, I'm not anything, there's nothing else about me. And I think starting Trackster and having that sort of identity and purpose completely changed my happiness and how I felt. And it, it literally is like your life. It's like a lifestyle, isn't it? And it's, it literally changes your outlook. It changes your work ethic. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying this, and obviously it's probably not the case, but like, I haven't had a bad race since I started Traxxer. Just, or like, my, my mentality's shot up as well, because yeah. it's just so... It's, it's like something bigger. It's not all just on you anymore, which I think is really good. Also, it's like when you do, when you are going to face adversity, because it will happen, you're like, you've got a more mature approach to it because, you know, you got people who look up to you now and you got to show them how to like handle those losses and, you know, not be a little beta. Exactly. We haven't actually faced any sort of controversy yet, which is something you've faced a lot of. But I'm like, you know, I know there's going to be a time where we say something or like post something and it's like, we're going to get a lot of backlash. Even in, in like posting about the spikes, we get backlash about that. But obviously I don't care about that backlash because it's from people who are literally just fools and idiots. That's from people. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the, I think the backlash for me is good a lot of the time. I think if you know, like, you know where the backlash is coming from, everyone who actually doesn't know who's a person anyway. It's like, I don't care if someone gives me backlash, maybe if it's like my friend who like says like these things, but literally if people through a screen or watch a video of you, I could not care less what you say about me in a YouTube comment section. And I know I guess a lot of people, but like, I couldn't care less what anyone said. When I go on Let's Run, the Let's Run boards and see what people say about me, I'm like literally laughing at what they're saying. And it's so yeah. bad. Well, after the podcast we released with uh, Everett, Ben Crawford, people were, some people in Let's Run were saying some nasty things. And I was like, I thought it was awesome. I, I felt bad for them, to be honest, that they yeah. actually live their life like that. Yeah, it's, they're so bitter. And they're listening to this now as well. And they're probably <laughs> hearing this. And then, like, I can't say anything now because they know what I'm thinking, but they're, they're listening. And that's all that matters. And the final question I have for you is where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Do you know who Dana White is? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm the Dana White of the track and field world. I'm also an athlete. Um, you know, US champ, going to the Olympics, the whole Westfly team or some it's like a crazy brand. Like we got our own gym. We got six houses of real estate and everyone from the team is living in those houses. Uh our YouTube has got 10 million subscribers. Um you know, we're doing, we're filling out warehouses full of merch. Uh, we're investing in stocks. We're, man, everything I talked about is where I see it on a way higher scale. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my dirty room right now at a desk, but in 10 years, I see myself in a glass office with a chair this big behind me, a leather chair and a big Mac monitor. And I'm going to, I have an assistant I'm going to meetings all day and talking to the people on my team and, Oh man, like the sky's the limit. Like Westfly doesn't even like the thing about Westfly athletics is it doesn't even just have to be attractive. It can be Westfly hedge fund, Westfly real estate. It can be whatever I want. And yeah, I'm just so excited to go on to the next chapter of my life. Once I get out of college. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty universal name, isn't it? I'm trying to think of a way to spin Trackster into other incorporations. Like if, if I use Sta 
or if yeah. I just make a completely different company. But yeah, I think even if let's say you didn't do the real estate, didn't do anything else other than track and field and people like saying it's impossible. Those numbers could never happen. Or like, even if you did like someone who was a runner could not get those numbers. I think the sport's changing because of people like you and because of people like Ben. And I think in 10 years time, the sport will be in a place where people are doing those numbers and you people are attracted to the sport. And I think it's up to us and like other people as well to do that. And it's definitely in the right direction in terms of that. I think we're, uh, we're bringing new people to the, like maybe people who weren't as invested. Cause like, Running is the second most popular sport among high schools in America because everyone plays football, but, like, all the other kids are on the cross-country team. And I think we're doing a good job of, like, showing people how cool our lives are while being runners because, like, the majority of runners in America who do cross-country will just do cross-country in high school, and that's the end of their running career. But they can see, like, what the life is like and follow us. And, you know, we have a way bigger audience than – you know whatever other sports are in the fall like the track cross country is bigger than softball cross country is bigger than you know whatever sports are in the fall globally as well i'd say globally it's the biggest participation sport in the world running as a whole and then the biggest fan sport in the world is nowhere close but like as soon as the olympic comes around the main event of the olympics is track and field but people watch it and then even world championships people watch the world championships on, on television but then as soon as that's not on no one cares about it it's weird yeah. whereas all these other sports have leagues have so many different things what people watch week in week out and that's something we don't have at the minute and i think youtube video, youtube content is one step into making that more of a reality yeah youtube's sick i'm just waiting to see what the next youtube is because like youtube came in in 2006 and now it's like massive but you know 10 years from now there's going to be a new wave and people are going to be doing something else I really like the whole like behind the scenes, like production level, longer form content type of thing, like documentary type stuff, but like just on people's lives. Like, I'd yeah. love to get like, I'm not sure at the minute how many viewers it'd get, but like I'd love to just do a behind the scenes of Westfly video, just like where people are actually watching you film a video, watching you live your life, like keeping up with the Kardashians pretty much, but like for athletes. Yeah. I think that's something um, that needs to happen. Do you know Kieran o. Leonard? I don't think so. I, I don't recognize him. He's an Irish distance runner. He trains with Haas's group and Flagstaff. He's coming to Mississippi for a week to like catch a vibe with the boys and write a book about us and just like behind the scenes and on the scene running. And it's going to be really cool. Yeah. That, that's the stuff for sports needs. I think like just raising the awareness of these personalities because yeah. there's no other outlet what does it because the most of the personalities are boring and it's hard to find. It's hard to find one out of even if there's people it's hard to find them because people don't really look to track and field to find newsworthy stories and yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna end it there so thank you for coming on the podcast uh it's been an absolute pleasure i hopefully people who came onto this podcast just thinking you were somewhat ever just a trash talker can actually see what you actually what actually goes on in your head because it's not obviously anything like that is it really it's just saying yeah. things how they are and how you believe them I'm a truth talker. Yeah, I just say what I believe in and I'm not scared to say it and I'll, you know, I'll never stop. I can't be silenced for any brand or anything. So it's been a pleasure coming on. We had a natural conversation that lasted two hours and 40 minutes um, or two hours, two hours. So it was a long conversation and now I'm like fired up to go expand my business even more after talking to you. So it's a good relationship we got, Alfie. And what, you come to the States in three, four weeks? Uh, hopefully in May, maybe late April, May is when I'm planning on coming. Yeah. 
So it's coming June for the Olympic trials. See, that's the thing. So I, I haven't spoken about this much, but the European champs is in June or start of July and all the qualification is in June. So I have to, I'd have to travel back and forth, but ideally I come out in June. But yeah. if I run fast enough to qualify for the Euros, I don't want to miss that chance. But yeah, definitely coming out this summer or this spring, 100%. Later. See you in a bit. Peace.